is the Miller Lite Cowboys Out, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Brought to you by Miller Lite, the only beer of the Cowboys. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. And by Geico. 15 minutes can save you 15% or more on car insurance. Now, your hosts, Danny Sarek and Brad Sham. everybody thank you very much for joining us today on the cowboys hour and we appreciate you um i know it's sometimes it's hard everybody had a tough night last night players had a tough night coaches had a tough night fans had a tough night uh promise they did not do it to personally give you a bad tuesday i promise but those things happen but we are here to look forward and turn the page uh, grateful as always for all of you who are with us on the Dallas Cowboys Radio Network. Very happy to have you with us on uh, wherever you are streaming this lovely program on DallasCowboys.com. Danny waved in the wave to the people, and here's the other guy who's going to wave to you: Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin. Look at you sitting up and not using any crutches anymore. Huh? That's right. That's right. Back on track. Thank Back you for doing this. All the two feet. Yes, sir. Yeah. Glad I, to be here. Thank I, you. I, I, uh, I will. I will tell everyone that when when uh, the Cowboys PR executive Joe Trahan and I try to plot out a few weeks ahead. Uh, who our guests will be, and and transparently, I like to alternate offense and defense, throw in some special teams so people don't see all the same thing. Everybody likes everybody, and and I also try to look at the schedule. Okay, so if they're playing a a night game, especially a night road game, who, who's going to feel the impact physically a little bit less? And so, looking at a Monday night game, I said, "Well, I know one guy who will feel the impact less from having the game on Monday night. That would be a guy who couldn't play in it because, because sadly, Blake Jarwin has uh, is on injured reserve. But we're going to talk first about uh, what is the good news about your injury. So I asked Blake uh, where his crutches were just when he sat down. He said, "No more crutches." Uh, how, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm doing good. Uh, I'm two weeks out from surgery just today, and uh, I talked to Dr. Cooper this morning. He said things are really moving good, and uh, I'm in a good place. Uh, he critiqued me a little bit on what I need to be doing when I'm walking, and um, you know, a uh, lot to look forward to. A lot of good progress ahead. Uh, a lot of good progress made so far. So, um, you know, it's it's a trying time, but I'm staying positive with it. This will make uh, more sense to you than to probably anybody else. But when Dr. Cooper critiques you. By the way, for people who don't know Dan Cooper, he's truly literally one of the great surgeons in the country. He's done the surgeries of people in every sport. You know, he did Jalen Smith's surgery when he was still at Notre Dame. He did Kyle Schwarber's. He just, the list is long. Uh, but when Dr. Cooper critiques you the way you said it just then, is that like um, rehab trainer Britt Brown critiquing you at all? Yeah, absolutely. They're yeah. both on the same page okay. at all times, which means uh, whether that, in the which same means room or they're, not. They're, they are cracking whips. Yeah, yeah. They're making sure I'm going heel to toe and uh, you know using my foot the way I need to use my foot and my knee and things like that. So uh, they've definitely been hard on me, but I, you know, I like that. That kind of gives me uh, some strict lines to follow, and uh, they're going to get me right. 
feel like you're having to relearn how to walk all over again? Yeah, you got to kind of learn how to trust your knee. And that's what he told me today. He's like, that's the most important thing. You just need to be normal with it. And so that, you know, that's kind of on my mind now. I'll take a walk later on tonight and uh, just keep pushing that. And hopefully next time I see him, he's like, okay, now let's move on to the next step. So uh, it's all about those mini milestones. I've talked to a few guys with a lot of good uh, advice for me. And, um, you know, that's what they say. You got to keep, keep looking for the little things all the way through the path. I've never torn a ligament, but uh, a, a million years ago, uh, I did have a little meniscus issue, a little cartilage, cartilage issue that needed some work. And um, you, do you, did you find that for this is much, what yours was much more serious and the uh, surgical procedure is much more advanced, but did you find yourself a little bit afraid of what step you could take, what movement you could make, what, what it was going to feel like or do to the inside of your knee? Yeah, yeah. Uh... I guess I've definitely been more cautious uh, just to make sure that I don't hurt anything, especially as I, you know, move away from the crutches right now. And they tell me that as I move forward and I progress, I'm going to start feeling really good. But it's important in those times for the next two, three, four, five months not to push myself further than I need to be. You know, I have to understand that I can't do the things that I was doing prior to my injury just yet. And that's going to take time and time only can heal that kind of stuff. So, uh, and a person like me who's always trying to kind of push the envelope, envelope physically, it's definitely tough. And they're gonna, they're, they've been holding me back a little bit. I've kind of been trying to move forward. And they're like, look, man, we got a plan for you. Just follow us. We'll get you to where you need to be. So I'm um, learning a lot of patience with this injury. Uh, and that's probably good for me long term. All right. We're going to talk more about your injury and a few other things in a minute. I just got to ask you about where the state of the team right now. It's really hard to watch. When there when there's struggles going on, but you tell me you've you've been on teams where things were going well and guys got hurt, and you can imagine that if you're watching that, you're thinking, oh, they don't really need me, or you watch something like what's going on right now, and you especially you you knew you were at the centerpiece of the offense, you must be thinking, I I could help if maybe maybe I could help if it wasn't for this. Yeah, it's a. Uh... You know, uh, with a lot of um, – we're moving into this season with a lot of, you know, I was excited for it, I'll say. And, uh, you know, things like this happen. Uh, I, I believe everything happens for a reason. And so now my job is just to be positive for my teammates and uh, to be there with when they have questions for me or if they need somebody to be positive with or just to talk to, you know. Uh, when you go through some struggles in a season, uh, you face these adversities. Sometimes you just got to talk it out. And, uh, you know, there's two ways to go. You can either go south or, you, can, you know, you can get better with it. So uh, that's kind of where I'm taking a position at, uh, being on IR, just being there for my teammates, um, telling them, look, guys, we're going to get through this. Uh, you know, because I don't, I don't think I can sit there and dwell on it and say, look, I could be better. I think Dalton Schultz is doing an excellent job. Him and Blake Bell have stepped up, and uh, I think they look comfortable in the offense. And, man, it's exciting. I, I get excited to watch those guys out there and uh, – like I said, I, I think that that's my job as an IR guy is just to be supportive. On IR, how active are you able to be around you know, the other tight ends and, and help them with questions or things you see in the game? How active are you allowed, or I guess allowed with COVID protocols or, or you know, just going through recovery? Right, yeah. Uh, I get in every day and make sure I get my COVID test. Um, so I can stay around the building, you know, stay around. People see my face. I see their faces. I'm still involved somewhat. Uh, only being two weeks out from surgery, I've had a lot of rehab that I've had to do, do early in the morning where I'm not as mobile as I'd like to be. Uh, here, hopefully in a month or so, I'm, I'm moving around pretty good, I, and I can sit back in those afternoon meetings, but I'm pretty uh, pretty swarmed in the morning with all my rehab. So 
but I do what I can. You know, I talk to those guys all the time. I'm talking to Dalton quite a bit, you know, just making sure that, you know, he's, he's handling it well and he's doing a great job, like I said. And we just kind of bounce ideas off each other and things that I think he can work on and, you know, things that I think he's doing a great job at. So, uh, like I said, I'm just kind of there for the guys when I can be, uh, and hopefully moving forward I can be there more. Now, uh, you said you like to be around so that people can see your face. If you grow your hair a little longer, then you can wrap it around and no one will be able to see any part of your head. I'm just wondering how long exactly uh, do you plan on growing that? And you, that you could have used COVID as a an excuse for a while, but I think we might be past that, Blake. You know, Brad, I've got a haircut appointment for tomorrow at 4 p.m. <laughs> And I've gone back. I, my fiance is planned about, she's scheduled about six of these haircuts for me. And I cancel them every single time because I tell her, I'm like, look, I need to get my haircut. It's getting out of control. And then the day before, the day of, I'm like, I can't go. I'm not ready to give up on it yet. So um, I'm here to, I'm probably going to cancel that one tomorrow morning <laughs> and just let it grow. Uh, I've never had my hair like this ever. And, uh, you know, I mean, I guess there's no better time than right now just to let it grow. So we'll, we'll probably hold on to it for a little bit longer. Well, I, I mean, I know that you certainly haven't had it like this for the last several years. So does she like it or she doesn't like it? Uh, she loves it. She, she loves does? It. Yeah, yeah. She told me we get married in the end of February. She's like, Blake, you're going to have long hair. So if you want to cut it today, that's fine. But you're going to have long hair when that time comes. Like, now, okay. does this coaching staff care? No, no, they don't. They, uh, I'll tell you what, Coach Nussmeier gives me a, a hard time about it, but I think he secretly likes it too. Well, he's, he's just jealous. a little jealous that he can't yeah. grow N- it out. Nussmeier's like totally jealous. Yeah, There's no question it. about no that. Question. <laughs> uh, so, my, my next question would be if she likes it, and you clearly like it if you keep canceling these appointments, <laughs> and you want, you said you wanted to like test the limits or something what did you just say you wanted to see where you could go with it yeah just see how far i can get you know before it just really gets on my nerve i've gone through phases where i'll be sleeping and it's in my face and i'm just like i can't handle this for another night i'm not sleeping well but now i'm past that so i'm like okay well maybe it's not that bad so but i guarantee you, i'll cancel my appointment i'm gonna wake up on thursday and be like why didn't i get my haircut i needed to cut it off i so feel we, your pain we, there i was gonna say you're you're saying that and i i cannot relate but danny <laughs> danny's nodding saying, yeah, I know exactly what you yes. so do you wake up with your in your face yeah it's annoying it just kind of itches your face sometimes and it's just like yeah. what is happening I, and i mentioned that to my fiance and i'm like and she's like yeah that's just normal and i was like oh my god you should start <laughs> braiding your hair is she it long tries. enough to braid she sleeping tr- in yes. a braid yeah well, yeah she tries i will not let her really but she tries yeah no not i'm not there yet i'm not ready for that kind of stuff now wait 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 how where how and where i'm fascinated with this and we're not going to talk about blake's <laughs> hair for the entire program but we have him here now where how where and how would you braid that miss just down the back. Yeah. Get your, yeah, did you see? One she's gone long, down the back yeah. and she's kind of gone I can't show you because I've got sometimes. my headphones on. But yeah, you just take the pieces and it'll just fall down the middle. Yeah, she's done it once and I was like, take that out. Oh, of the I am just trying to picture you with a long braid down your back. I would back. love to see a picture maybe, of that. Maybe one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll get brave and I'll, I'll get a picture of it and I'll send it over to you. We'll see. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, uh, I know. Okay, now if you wore a helmet... Because um, we're we're what are we a month out from game one five weeks since five you got weeks, hurt yeah I think so so it you know it grows a little bit in five weeks could you get your helmet on so I'll tell you what I got a new helmet at the beginning of this year and it's precision fit to my head and I had it you know like the 3D scan around my my head and uh, before this year I could wear a headband but it's so precise now that I can't so I think it would fit I'd have to be careful with it I'd probably have to keep it kind of thinned out a little bit because I've got pretty thick hair. But uh, yeah, that was one thing I did notice that when I switched over to my helmets, I was like, man, I'm going to have to 
Like this is kind of a big thing because you got once you find that perfect fit, it's hard to get away from that. You want it to be like that the whole year. So. Yeah, I understand, and and I understand uh, that Danny can relate to your hair in ways that I can't. But I'm going to tell you from perspective that neither of you can grasp yet. You grow that hair as long as you can, because you the you day it. will come when you won't be able to do I that know, anymore. I and that's why I don't know if, if I cut it. I don't know if I can ever get here again. I don't have the patience for it. All right. but. Uh, Blake Jarwin and his hair are our guests uh, on the Cowboys Hour this evening, and we are delighted, and we are going to talk about uh, uh, what kind of things Blake does in rehab. We're going to talk about Dalton Schultz, who Blake has mentioned several times, and much, much more. We appreciate everyone being with us on the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, brought to you in part by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys, and by Lou Casey, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. We'll be right back with Blake Jarwin on the Cowboys Hour.
Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back. It's the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham, Danny Sarek, our very special guest, Cowboys rehabilitating tight end Blake Jarwin, who is off the crutches, ladies and gentlemen. And sometimes people wonder what we what we talk about during commercials. And we were talking about various things. We had just a moment, and Ted Nichols Payne, our coordinating producer, said down the line, you've got 10 seconds. And, and Danny said, I think I'll stop on the way home and get pumpkins. <laughs> This is our second show, and you are quickly learning that sometimes I just have thoughts in my head, and they just come out. Yeah, that's great. I'm very happy for your pumpkins. Uh, why? Why did you? Why are you going to get pumpkins? Well, I'm just thinking that Halloween is coming up, and I don't have any decorations, so I think some pumpkins would be a good start. Uh, that, that would be an excellent start. That's logic that's almost impossible to argue with. I'm all for you. Uh, and and then you contributed what, Mr. Jarwin? Um, find the battle with the. My fiance was a 20-foot Christmas tree, and I told her that that is ridiculous. And uh, maybe 14-foot would be more reasonable. So we'll see if I well, win I that disagree. battle. I disagree. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I don't know if it's going to go over very well for me. But I think the, the more the merrier, right, of the tree? <laughs> the bigger, the better? She's got the perfect spot for it, but I'm like, I just don't know. Could we table all conversation about Christmas trees until we at least have Halloween. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I, I would like personally a federal law that you can't get into any <laughs> Christmas decorations until Thanksgiving. Be, but at least can we not talk about Christmas trees before it's even – Danny is looking at me. Well, I'm say Those of you on the radio who cannot see this look, <laughs> holy cow, I think I am now a grease spot. I'm just going to say don't blame me because I was talking about pumpkins. No offense, Blake. No, you're but good. I was talking about pumpkins. I was all Halloween. Well, we were talking about football, and then you were talking about pumpkins. <laughs> That's fair. That's so fair. yeah, okay. So let's circle all, all the way back. Um, let me uh, just because I'm that kind of guy take you back to uh, week one in Los Angeles. Actually, let me take you a little further back. Let's go back to signing the contract. Uh, the new staff coming in and. Um, Kellen Moore being retained, so you've got the same offensive coordinator. Um, just what what were your hopes and expectations? And it just looked like you were poised for big, big stuff. Yeah, there was a lot of excitement. Uh, obviously, with getting the contract done, uh, that meant a lot to me. Uh, you know that they believe in me and they want me to be here for a long time. Uh, uh, and then keeping Kellen around and you know keeping the same offensive style and uh, you know most of the plays the same that was big because I can just continue to build on what I know and. Uh, become a better football player and um you know i think i made a lot of uh, headway in camp and i was you know headed in the right direction to have a big year um you know and then things happen um you know acl is kind of a tricky deal and sometimes obviously with the non-contact uh i kind of fell over and i kind of knew immediately probably my season was in jeopardy so uh you know it's one of those deals uh, i'll grow from it uh this is you know a growing time for me i'm going to learn a lot off the field uh, about myself and uh, you know, just continue. How weird was that training camp? No OTAs, no spring. Thank you, COVID, and uh, and now there's this this um, virtual long distance meetings by Zoom or WebEx or whatever they're using, and and now you're in camp. But did it? I mean, did it feel like camp or OTAs at the beginning? Yeah, it's definitely a weird 
the way we went about it was definitely, you know, uh, weird. But I think it was okay. Uh, it, t it obviously takes a little bit of time to kind of get used to it, to get back in the swing of things. Obviously, not having OTAs to uh, get in the groove of football, and you kind of get thrown into the building, and you get a few weeks to train, and then you're, you know, right into the football mode. So uh, it definitely took about two to three weeks to kind of transition, I think, as a team, and and feel that it was that real training camp feel. Uh, but we got there. Uh, you know, I think we were making good progress, and. Um, you know, right now, obviously, we're going through a tough spot, but I got nothing but, uh, you know, faith in this team. And, uh, you know, it's just a little adversity. Luckily, we're still in a good spot in the division, uh, whichever way you want to look at that. And, um, you know, all we can do is grow as a team. And you, I don't think you can let this tear us apart. I think that uh, we gotta we got to stick together. What do you think's worse right now, the NFC East or the Big 12? <laughs> No comment on that. Couldn't resist. Sorry. My, 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 poke, my pokes are doing pretty good right now. So. They are. Yeah, they, they are. They're they're, okay. Aren't they leading the league? They are. Yeah, they uh, they haven't played for the last few weeks, but, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I you still know, touch those guys. That's one way to stay on top. That's right. Don't, <laughs> don't play. They're doing a great job. Uh, Go, going back real quick to you're talking about training camp. How different was this training camp for you and not because of COVID, but you were the starter. You were, you know, the number one tight end after being behind Jason Witten and, and not having that the last couple of years. So how was that different for you knowing that you were the, the starting tight end throughout training camp? Yeah, uh, I think that just the, the reps you get, the, the the real physical reps you get in the game. I was, you know, getting probably 75 to 80 percent of the the first team reps and uh, just getting that chemistry with Dak and the rest of the team and getting in the flow of the game. And so it was feeling it was feeling natural to me. And uh, like I said, I think I was making a lot of headway, um, uh, you know, but it, it, it felt great. And uh, that just comes kind of with getting those reps like that. So, uh, you know, like I said, I was I was poised. I was ready mentally uh, to, to make an impact, uh, but it just wasn't the time this year. So, uh, like I, I keep talking about, I'll be ready for it next year. I remember Coach McCarthy saying at some point uh, in the early days of training camp, and we were all still trying to figure out what his handle on – on offensive football would be, and uh, of course, Jameez Olawale has opted out uh, this year. But he he pretty much said in almost these words that I, I'm not so worried about keeping a fullback because our tight ends and our fullbacks are are interchangeable, and that kind of is like the H back that was very much in vogue for a long time. Is that something that's comfortable for you? Is that kind of the way? You found a lot of Big 12 teams using tight ends as spread offenses came more into vogue? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think that we were a pretty volatile group. Um, you know, you could align any of us anywhere. And, uh, you know, we take a lot of pride in being, you know, smart and knowing our jobs on the field no matter where we're lined up. So uh, I think that we were very conscious of that and, and making sure we were prepared for anything that could have been, you know, on the field. So uh, anywhere we can get on the field in 12 personnel, we're excited about and so we made sure that we were prepared for that. And, you know, Blake Bell and Dalton are doing a great job with that right now. Uh, it might be in a little bit different way, uh, but they do a great job when they're both on the field. In that first game when Dalton took over for you, there were, I mean, some struggles with, you know, drop passes and blocking. And since then, he's really improved in every aspect of his game. And you've been very vocal, you know, on Twitter saying, you know, I knew he had it in him. Well, it was Babe Laufenberg who tweeted when Dalton had the, uh, the whatever the, yes. was it the Atlanta game, I think, right? And he had a, he had the big game. I could mm -hmm. be wrong about the game, but Dalton had that big game. And uh, Babe Laufenberg tweeted, "Dalton Schultz, who knew?" And Blake tweeted, <laughs> "I knew." <laughs> what did you know? Why, how did you know? I, I I just know how he prepares. And uh, after that first game, like you talked about the drops, uh, I saw him the next morning 
coming in from the the field and he had just caught like 200 balls on the jug machine and he was you know sick to his stomach that he had had those those plays in the game so uh and i can tell you today i was leaving and he was headed to the jugs machine so his uh his preparation week in and week out is phenomenal and uh, his approach to every day every practice every game is incredible so uh you know it's a you know he's a, he's a heck of a player i love watching him and and just to see him grow and the the time that he's had so far over these last four and a half games five and a half games whatever it is uh, as a player and he just looks so comfortable out there now I think and he's making some really good plays and you know I'm happy for him I'm going to continue to push him I think he can be incredible and uh, I you know I expect that from him as well that's what we've got in our tight end room I think we all push each other and uh, create that competitive spirit so if he's that kind of receiver um, the two of you together I'm projecting obviously ahead till next year but the two of you together that could be pretty intriguing Absolutely, yeah, and we've got so many offensive weapons that uh, you know if we can just continue to build like that, and uh, I, I mean, I just think that we just need to create opportunities. So whether you know if you want to cover all the receivers, well, the tight ends are there for you. So uh, if you want to cover tight ends, we'll pick, take your pick at receiver. You can throw it to any of them, uh, and that, that's kind of the goal. And I think that we all understand that in the tight end room, we know our place. Uh, we also know we got to put our hand on the ground and block for uh, Zeke and Tony in the backfield as well. So um, we're just kind of there for for where, where we need to be. Now let me ask you something that um, I would, as you know, I would not ever say. Tell me what the uh, and, and you at this point you don't know because you're not in all the meetings. What are the scheme change? What are they doing? But it only makes sense that when you have two players as exceptional as Tyron Smith and Lyle Collins, and they both go down, and the players available, the best players available are are undrafted free agents. Not that there's anything wrong with undrafted free agents. Sometimes they sign great contracts and become outstanding players and have ginormous Christmas trees and very long hair. <laughs> but uh, th- those were those guys were not expected to fill those roles. They were thrust into really critical places, and the first place a lot of uh, fans go in their head is well they, you have to the tight end is going to just have to stay in and chip all day long now and, and you can't play like that all the time but you have to would you just talk a little bit about how all that possibly works in circumstances like these yeah of course yeah um you know when you talk about bringing another guy into the box well then the defense is also going to bring someone else into the box so that doesn't always you know maybe that's not the key uh I think we're doing a great, you know, it may it may not look like it, you know, on Sundays, but we're doing a good job. We're growing. We're getting better. Um, I want people to understand that we're pushing each other. We're, we're, we're improving each week. Um, it may not look like the best product right now, but I guarantee you those guys are they're, they're, they're preparing each week like they need to be. And um, it's going to get it's going to get put together. And I'm excited to see it when those guys start clicking, um, being undrafted guys, being young guys. It's it could be difficult at times. Uh, you feel the pressure. Um, especially when you're a Dallas Cowboys undrafted free agent where everybody's eyes are on you, you know, and when we're on TV every every weekend. And, um, you know, like I said, it's a, my job as an, an IR guy to be positive, uh, to stay with those guys and, and to keep pushing them in the right direction. Uh, don't let them lose their faith in themselves because I've had that happen to me where my confidence is shot and then I'm, a, you know, I'm not where I need to be for weeks and weeks. So, uh you know, not being an old guy in this league, but being a little bit older than those guys, that's what I've got for them. And uh, just keep pushing them and tell them, hey, look, you know, bad stuff's going to happen. But that, that's part of football. So we just got to keep moving forward as a team. Uh, we need a break. And uh, more coming up with Cowboys tight end Blake Jarwin. Very well said, and I hope they listen to you. Um, and we will uh, be right back with more with Blake. The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour brought to you in part by Papa John's. Order Papa John's Cowboys Family Special, a large specialty pizza and a large two-topping pizza for just $24 at papajohns.com. Official pizza of your Dallas Cowboys. Limited time offer prices, participation, delivery area, and charges may vary. 
Stay right there. We're coming back on the Cowboys Hour with Blake Jarwin after this. Light Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back. It's the Miller Light Cowboys Hour. Brad Sham and Danny Sarek. It's our regular Monday night spot, except for this week because it's Tuesday. Doesn't it feel odd? It does feel strange. Doesn't it, does it feel odd to you, Blake Jarwin, our very yeah. special guest tonight, and you didn't even play because you're on injured reserve? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's definitely off, uh, even for me, being an IR guy. Um, and so when you, you, I mean, you've been through through this um, schedule uh, upheaval plenty since you've been here. Uh, what do you do to adjust? Your, you guys are such creatures of habit because you have to be, and you're on such rhythmic schedules. When it gets disrupted by a Sunday night game or a Thursday game or a Monday night game, how do, how do you adjust? 
Yeah, definitely. I don't know if we really do adjust. We're always kind of extra on edge for a few days, uh, trying to get back in the, the groove of things. Uh, you know, obviously today's a day off for the players, so tomorrow will be like a regular Wednesday for the guys, so it'll be back to your normal schedule. But but will your body believe that? Uh, yeah, no, probably not. I think Dalton told me he got close to 80 plays yesterday, so he's going to be, you know, it's tougher when you come off a short week like that. Um, you know, those guys, they play hard all game, and it's tough. But, uh, you know, I know the coaches have a good plan for them, and they'll be ready to go by Sunday. We were talking about these young tackles, and, and then we'll move on to something else. But you you were with uh, Brandon Knight all last year, plus this year, and uh, and you were in camp with Terrence Steele. And these are two guys that fans hardly know anything about. What can you tell us about them as as uh players mentally and how they learn and what kind of guys they are and seem to be yeah they're both uh quiet quiet individuals uh they sit there in meetings and when they're asked a question they both answer it and they answer it you know assertively like they know the answer so uh they're young guys they're learning the way of the nfl obviously brandon knight got a little bit last year and he came in and stepped up big time for us at times so um you know those guys i've got you know nothing but belief in them to, to get the job done and like I said sometimes things don't go our way it's the NFL the other team's good too so uh, I can tell you they're growing fast and uh, you know it's 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 just part of it and not you know I'm excited to see them line up next Sunday and prove themselves well that's also I mean something that's kind of happening at every position it almost feels like right these young players are not not seasoned veterans per se that are having to step in yeah and yeah. I mean how, how tough is that overall as a team, especially when you're having struggles like they are, to kind of keep your head up and, and stay confident in your abilities? Yeah, it, it's definitely difficult. Um, you know, it's and I think that it's critical for the older guys right now to, to stay positive and make sure those guys see that positivity and and uh, just put off a little bit of confidence for these young guys. Um, like I said, I've only, I'm only in year four, and uh, you know, but I understand. I've had a lot of good leaders, uh, a lot of good. You know, I talked to Sean Lee on the, on a daily basis, and he kind of walks me through what I need to do being on IR for an ACL. And it's guys like that that have kind of taught me a lot about how to to keep the team up. And uh, how, as a different, you know, being an IR guy, I can still lead the tight end room and be there for those guys. And uh, you know, I don't, I don't talk to the the offensive line as much, but when I do, you know, it's just little things to make sure that oh, we're on the same page. And I don't ever want them to feel like I don't believe in those guys because that doesn't that doesn't do anything but cause issues for teams. So uh, it's all about chemistry. Uh, like I can, I continue to say, we're going to grow from the, everything that's happened, and uh, we'll be better for it. And when you are an IR guy. Um, and we'll talk more about this in a second in, in a little more detail, but you people just tend to think, well, okay, you get your surgery, then you come back and you sit in meetings. and It's not how it works because you, you're on a specific re- physical rehabilitation schedule. Um, and I've had a lot of guys over the years who were on IR say to me that uh, you at first you kind of go through this really weird thing where you just don't feel like part of it because you're not doing all of the things that you do together. Did you experience that a little bit for a minute? Yeah, absolutely. You kind of just feel lost. Uh, you lose your identity, I think, a little bit uh, in the beginning. Uh, and like I said, I've had a lot of good people around me kind of walk me through the beginning of this and how it's going to be for the next you know, eight months for me um, moving forward. Uh, it's just it, it can be very difficult, but I think it's important. It's crucial to to, to do your part, to stay as in tune as you can. To uh, like I talked about earlier, showing your face, uh, talking to guys, keeping those relationships alive, so that when you do come back, you know you don't just feel like you're you know starting over from scratch. You still have those relationships. Uh, you still know understand the offense because you're going to meetings and learning from everything. So 
that's kind of my goal as I move forward. Yeah, but even when you're, you did a really nice job of kind of transitioning that to talk about it the way the way you intended to. My, <laughs> you've learned a lot. My uh, part of my part of my uh, question is. Um, no, you're a starter. You've got a big contract. You got nothing to worry about. You were doing great. You had a great camp. Um, do you go through a thing where you think I, I'm, I, I got to get around there so they don't forget about me? A little bit. I, you know, uh, like I talked about earlier, I'm thankful for the contract, but I don't think you can ever let that kind of get to your head. Uh, that's not what. Def- that's definitely not what got me here. Uh, I've had a, you know, work every day and uh, like what you should say, secrets in the dirt. And so uh, to not be able to do that and not to be able to physically perform right now, I've got to say mentally in tune. And uh, I'm sorry I keep running around your question, Brad. But No, no, no. You're doing exactly uh, what you intend to do. That's fine. <laughs> that's your, you, you, that, that time you addressed it. Good for you. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so that's, that's you know, it's, it definitely is, it's definitely a unique feeling, though, uh, being in a position where I'm at right now, uh, never having something this significant keep me away from, you know, something I love and the people that I love for so long. So uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's difficult at times. One big change is you now are watching the games from home. Are you seeing the game differently at all now from that? A little bit, yeah. Just a different perspective. Uh, I still, you know, before the game, I'll make sure that I'm in tune with the the plays of the week, uh, you know, the installation and uh, the call sheet. And just to make sure, like, you know, when they line up, just to keep me going, I'm trying to think of what they're about to run. What do we run out of this formation and this and that and what's in for this week? And uh, you just see things from a different angle and, um, you know, like I said, I'm, ta- I'm I'm doing everything I can to make sure I stay in tune with that. When you're on the field and the play comes in and you have all that running through your head and then you go line up at your position knowing whether you're going in motion or setting, whatever you're doing, and you look up and you see the coverage and you, now you know what the check might be. And, and when you're sitting on your couch, you can't see all of that stuff. How frustrating is that for a guy who knows what's coming? Yeah, it's definitely difficult for me because I'd love, I wish I could have another headset at home just so I could know what's coming up so I could see it even better. Uh, but there are, you know, there's pros from it. Uh, you know, I see it, you know, in real time and I see kind of what's going on. And I think, you know, sometimes we get to film and we micromanage, oh, we could have done that, we could have done this. But, in, you know, from a player's perspective, like, well, yeah, it's great. You can see it after the fact. But in the moment, this is what I see. And so you, I'm just seeing that from another angle, you know, watching the Titans play. Now, Blake, um, if we ask your fiance what it's like to watch your team play sitting next to you on your couch, what would she say? Yeah, she hears me screaming quite a bit. She's <laughs> typically trying to keep me calm down uh, all game long. You're not a screaming kind of guy. I don't uh, think I've heard you raise your voice in four years. I know it, and I, I do scream at the TV, though, right now. And, um, you know, she does a good job keeping me calm, saying, hey, look, it's okay, it's okay. The next play, I'm like, you're right, you're right. Because I, I think that there's just a little bit extra to it now, especially that I can't be out there with the guys even on the sidelines. So, uh I take my frustrations out on on the on the TV on Sundays. I think sounds like most Cowboys fans pretty vocal, right? Probably yelling at the TV, good and bad things. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. And then at people they know who might be around the team. You, you get a little <laughs> bit of that. People want wanting to know what the hell's going on. Sure. Yeah. Right. I would really if you pass the word along that next week be a great time to start winning again. <laughs> that would that would be good. So you've also your teams have been. Uh, Teams since you've been here that have had every team in football has to come back from some adversity. How does a player know when a a um, I don't want to say a switch is flipped, but because it's not that easy. But you guys usually know, even sometimes in a loss, 
oh, we found – I'm not saying it happened last night. Uh, but but sometimes you can tell, uh, oh, okay, we I think we found something. And then you take it to the practice field and you confirm that thought and then things get better. How do you – what are your signals that that's going on? Yeah, uh, I think uh, a lot of people look at games and you say, oh, we won – oh, we've played, we must have played good, and then, oh, we lost, we must have played terribly. Well, that's usually not the case. Usually when you win, you don't play as good as you think you played. When you lose, you don't usually play as bad as you think you played. Uh, last night, obviously, that's not what the outcome we wanted, but, uh, you know, you take a few interesting plays out of there, and maybe it's a whole different ball game. So, um, you know, and I, I've talked to quite a few guys today looking at the film and just already preparing and saying, look, okay, yeah, we, we need to be better in this area. We need to do this better. We need to do that better. And I think that's that's kind of got to be your approach each week. Uh, things aren't always going to go your way. Um, I think we got a lot of, uh, you know, positive guys on our team that say, okay, let's just take from take the good and let's move on with it and let's move forward. You're working with a new tight end coach, Coach Wells, this year. Uh, what have you liked from him, his coaching style, and, and how he's handling, you know, keeping his players confident and, and you know, taking what they're doing well in the practice field and, and bringing it into games? He's definitely a great uh, tight ends coach. Um, coming from Nussmeyer last year, Nuss is a great coach, understands the passing game very well, and then having Coach Wells in this year, understanding the run game and the pass game. Uh, he's definitely helped me and the other guys with our footwork and just understanding the game from a tight end perspective um, from his his view. And, uh, you know, he, he does a great job keeping us motivated. We watch film every day and he says, hey, look, look, this is good stuff, guys. What do you think you just did? Oh, that's that's awesome. And then, uh, you know, if it's not so good, we say, hey, well, what can you do better to make it make yourself better? And, uh, you know, I think his ultimate goal is to make us, you know, very versatile athletes on the field who can produce at every position so um he's doing a great job and he's been awesome in the room and and even though he's coaching the quarterbacks now having Nussmeyer still in the building does that is that helpful to the guys at your position absolutely yeah we all have a great relationship with Nuss and he we're always, I'm giving him a hard time he's always giving me a hard time uh and you know I think that we've we've really grown and uh, to have him still around is big time for us uh you know if I ever have a question and coach Wells isn't around I can definitely reach out to Nuss Blake Jarwin is our guest on the Cowboys hour uh, this evening and we'll be right back in just a moment. The Miller Lite Cowboys Hour is brought to you in part by Omni Hotels. This fall, do more than just stay apart. Stay a part of the game and stay a part of the Cowboys. Experience football season at Omni Frisco Hotel, the official hotel of the Dallas Cowboys, and enjoy all the dining and entertainment options the star has to offer. We'll be right back with Blake Jarwin on the Cowboys Hour.
to the Miller Lite Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons and Omni Hotels and Resorts. Welcome back, Brad Sham and Danny Sarek, with our very special guest, Cowboys tight end uh, Blake Jarwin, rehabbing the ACL injury that uh, broke a lot of hearts uh, of, of Cowboy fans in week one, none more than Blake's. Um, I don't think you know. We talked about some of the medical stuff, and but I don't know that I asked you at the beginning about the prognosis for when you can start doing what we've established. You're two days off of crutches, so we're we're a little bit ahead of ourselves. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, so, but what is what's the prognosis? Yeah. Uh, so right now, my biggest focus is to make sure that my extension's good, uh, because if you do not get your extension back pretty quickly, uh, that can cause issues down the road. Um, and then I'm doing pretty well with that, uh, Dr. Cooper said. And then just now learning to walk normally and then to slowly get that motion, that full range of motion back in my knee. Um, it takes some time, but, you know, I'd like to have that done in, you know, about six weeks or so back to fully uh, from walking now. around. Uh, no, from the from two weeks ago. So I've got about four weeks left and I'm doing pretty good. Uh, so that's just kind of my, my goal. And they're doing a great job in the training room, making sure that I'm on track. So have they at, at when you were getting all this medical information at first, did you say, okay, that's great. When am I going to be back on the field? When, will I be ready for OTAs? Will I be ready for strength and conditioning? And this, did you ask that? Yeah, I definitely have a few times. Uh, they keep telling me to be patient. Uh, you know, Britt Brownie's going to do a great job making sure that I'm conditioned and ready to go. Now, when it comes to OTAs, uh, I don't know how much I'll be doing in that, that sense. Uh, maybe just a little bit, hopefully. But uh, obviously, the, the goal is to be ready for training camp and ultimately game one of next year. Uh, that's that's my goal right now. And uh, I know that, that, that with the ACL, it's tricky. It takes it just takes time. And, um, you know, luckily, I, I have a little bit of time in front of me. Uh, you know, unfortunately, it happened in game one. But uh, that, that gives me more time, I guess, to heal before game one of next year. And so uh, that's my mindset. I could talk. I just got to stay positive about it and uh, follow those guys, trust those guys. They know what they're doing, and uh, they'll make sure that I'm back and better than ever. And, and parenthetically, please, God, there should be OTAs next year. Yeah, <laughs> don't even start on I, that. I mean, you got to think that way a little bit. All right, just go ahead. Talk about something else. <laughs> I just depressed myself. Like I want to go back a few months ago when you signed your new contract. And shortly after, you made um, a generous donation to your alma mater, Oklahoma State University, to help uh, workers who were affected by you know the loss of sports because of COVID. Why was that important for you uh, to give back to them? Yeah, uh, Oklahoma State means a lot to me. Uh, just for giving me the opportunity. I don't you know it's uh, I don't know if a lot of people know I'm an, uh, I wasn't a scholarship guy. I was a walk on guy, and they actually just gave me the opportunity. I was a you know just I didn't I guess they just needed an extra guy on scout team at the time, and they let me on the squad and. Uh, you know, I'm thankful for that, and I'm thankful for Coach Gandhi for giving me the, the chance to be the player that I was and, you know, the man that I, that I am today. And, uh, you know, so just uh, to give me those opportunities as a walk-on, I'm very, very thankful, and, uh, you know, I want to give back to my school. And so my goal is to, to, con- to continue to give to the Oklahoma State and um, uh, the athletic program. Uh, that was That was so good to me. Didn't you establish, a, like, a scholarship for walk-ons a couple of years ago? Uh, no, I, I don't know if I've I haven't ever done anything like that. But I I, I actually was honored to present a a, a, a walk on. He was a walk on. I, I gave him a scholarship at the beginning. Oh, of the maybe year. that's I was, what I was I thinking was, of. Yeah, I got to to get on a, a Zoom call and do that for him. So uh, that that stuff means a lot. And uh, you know, like I talk about, they that that school did a lot for me. Uh, you know, the the reason that I'm here, the the people that were there, uh, they they built me into what I am, and so I'm very thankful. 
So, boy, it makes it sound like a Frankenstein's monster, doesn't it? They built me into what I am. <laughs> I'm telling you, I walked in the building at 6'2", 200 pounds, and you know, I walked out of it around 6'5", 250. So they did a pretty good job. In well, that, they didn't that. get you from 6'2", to 6'5". I'm though. wondering That's, how. You never know. Yeah, hey, they did a good job. I think I'm a late bloomer, and I must have just grown a little bit in college, <laughs> but they did a good job. Well, but go ahead. Pursue that. Well, I'm curious if I want to get a little taller. <laughs> well, three tall. inches would help me there. Not taller. Not taller, no, but but just getting bigger and, and preparing you for this opportunity, um, and not just physically, but but the mental side, too, of, of getting stronger as a player and, and now going through. You, you didn't have an injury as uh, severe as your ACL right now, but you even had some you know injuries there that, that probably helped you as well prepare for this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, everything that's happened to me has definitely, you know, built me. Um, Wait, hold, hold on just a second. I have to tell people what the, during not this last break, but the one before – I said to Blake, you didn't really have a, a, any serious injuries in college, did you? And what did you say? Uh, you know, I just I, I, I fractured six ribs and collapsed my lung. I got hit in the side in, at Iowa State my junior year. Um, besides that, I'm pretty injury-free. Yeah, but um, so, and, casual. And I said, yeah, but you can play with that. Take right, that right, up, and yeah, you can just, play. You can't play with a knee. It's it's a whole <laughs> it's a whole different deal. Uh, what was that a shock when that happened? Was that a big shock to your system? Yeah, that was definitely because that was my first time to ever actually be injured and not be able to participate in you know the game of football for a few weeks. Um, and uh, I did. I definitely learned a lot from that situation because with the collapse lung, you can't do much. You you have to pretty much take it easy, and you can't get your heart rate up uh, and get your system firing too soon. You have to kind of let yourself slowly grow, and that comes with time. And uh, so I guess I've kind of understood it from that perspective that. Uh, with my knee now that I, rushing things isn't going to make things better. It's only going to make them you know, more difficult for me as I move forward. So uh, I've got to trust the process and, and trust, trust the clock. You, you grew up in Tuttle, is that right? Tuttle, Oklahoma. Yeah. Did, did you know all of this much about physiognomy when you were at Tuttle? Not even a little <laughs> bit of it. No, not any. So. Now that you have a little bit uh, more free time, I know you're still rehabbing, you're still working with the team and helping out. Um, have you picked up any fun new hobbies? Uh, yes, I have. I actually just went and picked up before this. Uh, I was getting a. I got a bow. I'm gonna start, you know, learning how to bow hunt, and uh, I got it all dressed up and ready to rock. And I'm gonna start tomorrow, just kind of getting it all sided in. How did that start? Uh, I have a few buddies back home. They do some out. Like I got a buddy. He just got back from elk hunting in Colorado, and another buddy's deer hunting. You know, all the time. And so I just, I've never been big game hunting. I've done, you know, bird hunting and things like that. But I was like, man, I'd really like to get into just learn how to bow hunt and I've got a little bit extra time you know in the evenings now uh definitely I think it's something that'll get my it'll kind of clear my head if that makes sense uh kind of get me out of my my zone this this is I'm sorry this is the this is the game hunting season right now isn't it right yeah yeah, so you're going to invest a lot of time and energy and maybe some money in something that hopefully you won't be able to do for another 10 years (laughs) or so right I I picked it up and he's like so you know what do you think your plans I was like well hopefully I can play for at least 10 more years so I don't plan on using this very much Um, but I do want to learn how to use it, and I think it's you know it's just something that that I've wanted to do for a while, and so uh, I picked it up today. Work yourself up to uh, wolf hunting, Layton, yeah, right? I don't know yeah. if I'm ready for wolf hunting yet, but uh, if you know, we'll, we'll cross that path when the uh, time comes. All right. So when you said you, what did you say when you picked up the bow and you did what with it? 
You dress it up. You, you dress it up. Side. All right. What is it? I don't think that means you put little <laughs> pants and a sweatshirt on it. What? What did you? What? You what's dressing up the, a bow? Uh, you know, I wish I knew what everything's called on it. Um, it's got all oh, kinds of will. different stuff. Yeah, I will. That's my thing right now. I've got to learn all these things before I can even go out and deer hunt or elk hunt or anything like that. Um, but uh, yeah, you get the side on it, and um, you gotta you kind of move move everything around to make sure it fits to your body because that's the best thing about a bow. It's it's you know it's customized to you in a sense um and so i spent about an hour and a half kind of making sure that the, the sight's on and the the peephole's ready and um you know when i when i draw it back that i'm looking down and i'm confident where it's at and so most those, importantly you got to make sure you don't slap your your elbow your, your right? forearm with the the, the string those <laughs> things are big and dangerous yeah they are and what's the difference between uh, learning to sight aim and shoot accurately with a bow from a rifle I learned today that um, you know usually when you're shooting with a, a rifle, let me make sure I get this right. Uh, yeah, you're shooting left when you move the the sight to the right. Well, they said when you're working on a bow, if you're shooting low left, you need to follow. They say follow the arrow, so you have to move the sight to the left. And now we'll put that to the test. I'm sure maybe someone out there when they're they're listening to this is like, no, he's he's just, he doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> um, but I'll, that's the whole point. You don't know what you're talking about right, yet, but no you're about to. Right. That's the kind of the goal. As I move forward, I'm just going to try to learn. You know what everything's called first off. So next time you have me on here, I'm going to have it all ready to rock for you. Forward to it. That's right. So that's where right. do you go hunting? Is that close to here? Uh, I've got a, my neighbor actually owns land just north into Oklahoma, and he said he's going to take me up there when I'm ready and maybe uh, get me something. Um, you know, uh, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Well, what does that, what does when you're ready mean and who decides that? I, uh, he, he says, dude, I'm going to take you up there tomorrow. I'm like, no, I need to at <laughs> no, least learn how to shoot. We can go. Let's go. I got to <laughs> my truck's right out here. Let me, let me get, uh, you know, sighted in and feel comfortable. You know, um, I think bow hunting. It's a, it's kind of a, it's a different art. And, uh, you know, when you, when you strike an animal with a bow, you want to make sure you do it the right way. So they're not in a lot of pain for a long amount of time. I think you probably want to strike them with the arrow. Right. Not yes. the bow. Actually. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think just details, but, and I don't know a lot about it, but that, that might be. Right, right. No question. And, and are there different kinds of arrows according to the kind of bow that you have? Yeah. Uh, I guess the grain of the, the arrow is, I think, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not even going to say what mine is because I'm not quite sure yet. But I went to a guy and he's, he, you know, customized everything for me and made it, and made it proper. And uh, uh, I've got such a long, you know, wingspan that mine's, I think I'm set at like a 32 or a 33, which is pretty significant for a, a bow. Um, and uh, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for the journey of that. And what are the best bows? What kind of wood are the best bows made from? Uh, mine's actually carbon, and I think Oh, it's, it's not uh, wood. It's not no, even wood. No, they, yeah. I, I learned today that I guess some of them are aluminum, and those can get cold in the when it's cold outside. Oh, that's no good. So the carbon stays actually neutral, and you don't get near as cold. It doesn't you know run through your body like that. So it's it's supposedly better. I don't know. We'll see. Wow, I'm learning a lot. You and said like you I learned said, a lot today. I I'm just learning be a lot. And, 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 I'm sure we'll have people critique me on all of this. No, this is great. This, and and uh, your fiance will this be will this be a his and her endeavor at some point? I guarantee you it is. Yeah, she likes to do anything outdoors. She's the biggest fisherman ever. Uh, when we go, she's competitive as they come when it comes to stuff like that, and she makes sure by the end of the day that she has caught more fish than me. So uh, I'm Ooh. sure it's only a matter of time before I have to get her set up with something similar. Oh, my. Yeah. We'll okay. have to see some pictures. Okay, yeah, yeah. so we got like just seconds left, and I don't like to get in your business, but how expensive a proposition are we talking about here with this bow? Yeah, it's going to – I mean, it's it's – 
a, a decent <laughs> investment. It's okay. not outrageous, it's, but we'll and, just keep it right there. Yeah, and, and and I would like to remind everyone that Blake will be coming a master at this and not doing it again for 10 years. Blake That's Jarwin, right. great, great to be with you. Great to see you. Thanks for spending some time with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. For Danny Sarek, I'm Brad Sham. See you next week on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this,